0: that has ever happened to me before a sermon. <laughs> what an amazing and beautiful people, what an amazing nation and amazing culture. I am very grateful to be here. I do not take this assignment lightly. And it was so important to me uh, that I wanted my whole family to be a part of it. And so I travel with my wife, both of our children and two people who stand in ministry with us. And I am honored to be here. And let's go ahead and shout to God with a voice of triumph right now. Not going to let nobody out praise me. That really hurts. High five, three people tell them tonight's my night. Tonight's my night. Tonight's my night. My night. God's going to speak to me. It's my night. Hallelujah. I want to talk to a desperate church tonight. And I'll say that again. And I don't know how that translates culturally. I'd like to speak with a desperate congregation. Because it is the desperate that get the breakthrough. I will say again, the desperate get the breakthrough. Should have never named it the Shout Conference. You should have named it the Quiet Conference. Perhaps even the Conversation Conference. But when you call it the Shout Conference, then somebody needs to shout. I'm just saying. I know some of you are like, who is this guy? I didn't know Suge Knight was a preacher. (laughs) Perhaps we could have named it the Calm Down and have a regular conference conference. But when you are believing for supernatural things, you must offer a supernatural praise. So I have to do a room check. I had lunch with your pastors today and they are believing for some significant supernatural things. It would be a shame if the only ones that were believing for supernatural things were the senior leaders. By a sound. I'd like to know if there's anybody here who would love for God to do something supernatural before this conference ends on Friday night. Apparently, anybody in the balcony? Is there anybody that wants to see? Here's what I've learned about the sound of desperation. It shakes the atmosphere. It makes religious people nervous. But it touches the heart of God. Because we've been too buttoned up for too long. Let me tell you why I loved this wonderful expression before I preached. It was filled with passion. It was powerful it was tribal it was primal it was amazing and i love that this church embraces this cultural expression because i come from a different place but it's the same god you come from a different place it's the same god there are people here from australia and germany and england france texas mexico same jesus One King, one Lord, one Savior, one cross, same Jesus. Different ways to praise, same Jesus. So I'm not going to be quiet tonight. Because I need God to do some breakthrough in me. When you make it personal... You're on the right path. Too many preachers and leaders assume this posture of I'm helping the people. I hope you get something, but I'm going to get something. That's where I'm at. I need God to move in the next 25 minutes. Whatever I got on the clock, God, show up. So, Father, in this atmosphere of expectation, meet us. Let us be closer to you, Jesus, when it is over than we were when it first began. Thank you for this church. Equip the saints for the work of ministry. Resource the saints for the work of ministry. And provide for them a place to rest, to build, to thrive. For these temporary tabernacles have been great and they have served a purpose. But now, God, I call a building. I call a building in Big enough, wide enough, broad enough With enough resources, office space, parking Amenities that this nation will take note and marvel and say, only God could have done that. Is there anybody that's willing to believe that God's about to do an only God thing? This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. You can give him one more praise as you take your seat. traveling now for a little over a week me and my family and I want to give uh, a great moment of honor to my wife of six and a half years who has uh, literally uh, pushed the vision forward when I didn't have the strength to she gave me two children in 11 months my son and daughter are 11 months apart my wife laid down her own health so that I could have a legacy. I don't take that for granted. I want to take a moment to give you the honor that you are due, and I want these people to know that I'm not standing here if God didn't give me you. I know this. There are times in my pride when I would love to say it was me, but I lay my pride down to pick up the truth, and the truth is God knew I couldn't do it without you. So I want to give honor and ask that you would celebrate with me, my wife of six and a half years, the mother of all of my children, Aventer Gray. Please stand up. (laughs) To Pastor Sam and Kathy Monk. I love y'all, you are an amazing, beautiful uh, couple. I see God on you, I see the future on you. And what God's about to do in the next six months is going to revolutionize your movement and this nation. If you've seen anything about my life, you know that my life is one miracle after the other. I'm not supposed to be standing here. Now God has me talking to people like Oprah Winfrey and my wife and I have our own show and all of that is great, but I'm only here because I serve Jesus and I listen to him and I know who's next. I've always been able to spot who's next and your next is right now. Now, if there was a hold up in the spirit for the things you've been believing for, the holdup is gone. That's why God sends large Negroes from America to the Shout Conference to kick the door in. Because I'm not here to play nice with the devil. I'm here to let the devil know that everything you all been praying for has to show up. I'm here to let the enemy know that what God said has to come to pass. And if you ever thought you saw the touch of God, you're going to see it before December 31st of 2017. I need a 10 second praise break in here. I need everything that has breath to praise the Lord. 10, 9, 8, seven, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, YES! YES! I didn't come to play with no devil came to put him on the run and I declare that the Holy Ghost is getting ready to sweep through lives and upend anything that thought it could stay in your life without the permission of heaven. And anything that's been held up has to get to you. 16 of y'all missed that so I'm going to wait. I said anything that's been held up that you couldn't reach is coming within your grasp. It's right on the other side of that praise. I dare you to have a praise that pulls down what God has for you. But you won't pull down if you're not desperate. See, desperation has a sound. It's one thing to yell, help. <laughs> Nobody's coming. Excuse me, I'm drowning. I was wondering if anybody could, <laughs> the middle of the water, wanted to go fishing in the bay, the boat capsized, Help. No. no. Hey, help! <laughs> That's gonna get somebody's attention. Desperation has a sound desperation also has a destination. I need you to believe God for something bigger than yourself, bigger than your home, bigger than your cars. I know that the real estate market here is unbelievable, but I believe that God, for those who are believing for it, he's already given you and is going to bring to you the resources, or the supernatural touch to give you the house that you and your family need and will give you the ability or the job that will allow you to pay for that home. But God's going to open up supernatural doors for you to be able to walk in. Desperation has a sound. Desperation has a destination. My destination is the will of God. I don't want what belongs to you. I don't want anyone else's calling. I don't want anyone else's anointing. I don't want anyone else's church. I don't want anyone else's members. I want to serve Jesus with the gifts that he's given me, with the calling that he's given me for the purpose of ministry that will build the church. I want to serve God. My destination is obedience because it is obedience that brings the audience. Y'all can sit down. So we've got multiple campuses tonight, is that correct? Lower Hut, Wanganui Tonga, and maybe Wellington. Did I say Wanganui right? Come on, (laughs) ha ha, you didn't know I could do that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna try that at Lakewood and see how long I last. Come on. Hello, Lakewood. <sighs> Pastor Joe's gonna be like, what what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That's scary. Don't do that. You can live your best life now. You are amazing, and if you keep playing, I'm not gonna be able to preach because you're amazing. So stop being amazing for like 25 minutes and then come back and be amazing with your amazing worship team and worshiping. Can we thank God for this worship team? If you'll do me a favor and go to Mark, actually Luke. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter five. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I ask a question, was I in a church that had uh, a desire for the deep things of God? And if so, that means you are desperate and the desperate are the ones that get the breakthrough. But desperation has a sound and desperation has a destination. And the destination is actually getting to the person of Jesus. He is the central focus of human history. He is the most important man that ever lived, but he is more than a man. He is the son of God, and he is the son of man. He is 200%. He is the epitome of the Godhead bodily. Behold, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. And here, in Luke, we find Yeshua Hamashiach, born and declared by angels to shepherds in a field. The Bible says in Luke 2, 52, he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And by the time he was 12 years old, he was confounding the top religious minds of the day, asking them questions they could not answer. So flustered were they that they said, where's your mama? Why are you even in here? Mary and Joseph had already gone three days' journey, didn't even know the boy was gone. That's how you know he lived in the suburbs, because they don't even know where their kids are. Just go out and play, just whatever you want to do, and just come back in a week. It's it's okay. (laughs) So I know Mary and Joseph were not black people from America. I said, get in this front door. Get in this house. Sit down. So Jesus was astonishingly supernatural, but stunningly supernormal. He walked on water, but he touched lepers. He could speak to dead things and they would have to get up, but then he would go hang out with tax collectors and wine bibbers and sinners, offending the religious elite. This is not how a Messiah is supposed to act. This is not the political leader who can overthrow the Roman government. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm not running for office, I'm already on the throne. jesus must be the desire of the church he must be the singular focus of the local church not to impress society not simply to impact community. There are nonprofit organizations that exist to help the betterment of humanity. We are the church. We are fighting for souls. We believe in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, which unifies the body. And without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing because the same Holy Spirit that descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove and alighting upon him is the same Holy Spirit that we need to be effective in a society That has decided it is better than God smarter than God and doesn't need God. The church must be the contrast to culture. We cannot apologize to culture. I need a five second praise break if I'm preaching. All right. We need Jesus. We need him in our schools and in our universities and we need Jesus in our corporations and we certainly need him in our marriages I need Jesus every day I don't know what I'm doing Jesus you gave me a wife you told me to dwell with her in understanding and I don't understand her then you gave me a daughter so I got two women in the house that I don't understand sometimes they cry for no reason I'm like what's wrong Thank you. One person. <laughs> you married? No. Well, then never mind. You don't know what I'm talking about. Just <laughs> Sit over there and be single, man. <laughs> yes, the church must have an eye on the supernatural. It is the foundation of the church. But we must not forget the practical. For the marriage of the church is the marriage of the practical and the supernatural. If you'll take a moment and begin to write some of these things down, it's important for us because I'm building a foundation for where I believe the Lord has called me to go throughout the week. The foundation of the church is the marriage of the practical and the supernatural. We're not just gathering here for a rally. We're here because we believe that God is in our midst and that something is either being seated or is about to show up that speaks to that... Thing on the inside of us that says there is something more than this provincial life. There is something more than a mediocre happenstance existence. You are not a cosmic accident. You are not the product of a romantic encounter between mom and dad. You are the intention of earth for the attention. You are the intention of heaven for the attention of the earth. God spoke you, the egg and the seed connected. You grew in your mother's womb until such time as God said, now. Somebody get that in your spirit, because now is a moment of birthing. That's what this conference is. When you shout, it's almost like saying now, God, now, do it now, not later, it's a desperation. Like It'd be great in 2018, but it's better in 2017. I'm gonna shout in 18, but I'm gonna shout right now. There's some things I'm believing for that haven't shown up, but I'll shout right now. I don't know if it's going to break in my favor. I don't know when, but I'm believing for it right now. So I can't save my shout for later. I need to go ahead and let it out. Somebody needs to give God a shout. Right. The circumstances of my life are designed by God to eliminate every option except God. It all started when you said, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I've confessed with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are Lord. He was like, for real? Watch this. I'm going to start taking out everything that you had made a Lord. Before you know it, you start grasping for things that you didn't even realize you were worshiping. Some still lament the love that you thought you would have. And God, as soon as I can save my, my relationship, fall to the ground. Why? Because I never chose them for you. Hello? Some of y'all need to stop thanking God for what he has done and thank him for what he's taken away. We're always grateful for the addition. Somebody needs to praise him for subtraction. I feel God. Give me a high five, please. I said, is there anybody grateful for subtraction? God took some things, some people, some places, some habits, some issues. He subtracted them from your life because he loved you too much to let you think that was his best. It wasn't his best. It would never be his best. God specializes in eliminating options. And so we gather here in hope and in faith. Comfort is nice, but I need change. Happiness is cool, but I need healing. Fraternization is great, being able to connect with other believers, but, but I need freedom. In whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And what the world cannot provide, I need an encounter with the one who can help me make sense of all of the things in my life that I can't seem to put together. The church is the place where the answer resides. That is not a lowercase a, that is a capital A. The answer is not in a book. The answer is the book. Behold, I come in the volume of the book. He is the Logos and the Rhema. He is the foundation. He is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. He is Jesus Christ. And when I'm in trouble, New Zealand, family, and all the nations that are gathered, when I'm in trouble, pray for me. And if that doesn't work keep praying for me and if that doesn't work get some more prayer warriors and if that doesn't work somebody somewhere get me to Jesus the title of my message is somebody get me to Jesus if the psychiatrist doesn't work if the psychologist doesn't work if the intervention doesn't work if the 12 step program does not suffice somebody get me to Jesus. In an age of secular humanism when we believe we are the I am, the limitations of humankind in the supernatural touch of the eternal begins when man can't get it done. Somebody get me to Jesus. When the medicine is no longer working and the prognosis is grim and the stage is for somebody get me to Jesus. We don't say his name enough, but that name still has all power. Last time I checked, demons in Texas had to leave when I said the name Jesus i guess it works in new zealand because my jesus came with me when i got my passport stamp i brought my holy ghost did you bring your holy ghost which means the enemy cannot stay if god is in the building let god arise and his enemies be scattered somebody get me to jesus In Luke chapter five, we find a man who needed a supernatural touch. Luke chapter five, verse 18. And if my yelling is somehow unnerving to you culturally, please forgive me, (laughs) it's gonna get worse. (laughs) By the way, I'm excited. I got my all blacks jersey. So, I will be wearing that at some point when I lose weight. Um, <laughs> came right here. Don't know what size you guys bought. I don't like it. Thank you. It was like all black. It was stretched out. It's awful. <laughs> it was like all black. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Luke 5.18, here's a man who needed a supernatural touch. Is there anybody that needs something supernatural from God? By the way, if you don't need something supernatural from God, you're you're in the wrong place. You could have gone somewhere else. I'm going to ask again. Is there anybody that needs a supernatural something? then behold men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before jesus and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before jesus when jesus saw their faith he said to the paralyzed man man your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees, a.k.a. the haters, <laughs> began to reason, saying, who is this who speaks such blasphemies? Oh, my goodness. Who can forgive sins but God alone? <laughs> who is this guy? Who is this Jesus guy? <laughs> He's crazy. But well, When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them out loud. Freeze. I love this. They were thinking it, and he put their thoughts out in the open. He said, I know, I can hear you. I can hear, I can see you. I can hear you. That's amazing. How embarrassing is that for Jesus to just put your unbelief on blast? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise? up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. The 25th verse, immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things today. Some some, uh, translations say, we have never seen anything like this. My prayer is that when this conference concludes, we will be able to gather and say, we have never seen anything like this somebody get me to jesus he was paralyzed don't know how long he was paralyzed we just know that he was paralyzed and before we go judging this man please know that his paralysis though physical was actually preceded by something spiritual which means that there are some people who are still moving and stuck. Is there any area in your life that you've ever been stuck? There's one, two. I'll ask again, anybody ever been stuck? stuck in a habit, stuck in a sin, stuck in a situation, stuck in a relationship, stuck at a dead-end job, stuck. You know you're called to more. You know that you are fashioned for more, but you can't seem to get free. You're stuck. You know that God has more. You you believe that you heard God, but nothing that you're experiencing looks like what he said. You're stuck. This man was Stuck Sometimes it's not If you're stuck Because everybody's going to get stuck At some point in their walk But who's around you When you get stuck This is the power of the local church That we are not Successful Christian islands There is no such thing We need each other Jesus created church as a community so that we could walk together, so that we can stay accountable to one another, so that we can encourage one another, so that we could live in harmony with one another with like-minded goals and values and an eye towards eternity. The church is not just cultural. That's why somehow by the grace of God, this large man who many of you have never heard preach passed my accent and my cultural specificity, you are able to grab principles because somehow the God who created me and birthed me in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1973 through his Holy Spirit has allowed me to connect with you in 2017 from multiple nations around the globe and multiple streaming family members that are watching right now. Only the Spirit of God can unify people like that. This is the power of the church. And I can assure you there will not be an African American section of heaven or a European section of heaven or a Fijian section of heaven or a Tongan section of heaven. or or, What's the native here? Mount... Moli? Moldy, 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 I, yes, you know what I'm trying to say. There will be one heaven and it will be homogenized and we will all be worshiping God together. So if you have a problem with diversity, heaven probably won't be the place for you. So you better learn how to worship together down here because all of heaven is going to have all the nations and all the praise and all the culture and all the shouts and all the kings and leaders of the earth will bring their glory to the new Jerusalem. We need each other. Even on the plains of the Serengeti, the Predators. Always look for the isolated animal first. And Satan is no different. He looks for the one who has been lied to, who says, I can do it all by myself. I have enough strength in my own power. If Jesus chose to live in community, who do you think you are not to? Jesus Christ had the right people around because they were chosen through the Holy Spirit. Who's in your inner circle? So if by chance you get stuck, they'll stand with you until you get free. Somebody get me to Jesus. He was paralyzed. The Bible says he had friends and somehow one of the friends heard about Jesus. Maybe they grew up with Jesus. I'm trying to imagine in my imagination how the conversation could have gone. And the paralyzed man, let's just call him Billy. And Billy is on his back. And he's like, man, I just want to tell y'all thank you for rolling with your boy, man. I appreciate y'all, man. But y'all just leave me here. Y'all go on and live your lives, man. I'm I've been down here so long, I can't even move, man. I just, I just want to tell y'all I love y'all, man. Hey, somebody wipe my nose, I'm I'm paralyzed. (laughs) And his friends were like, yo, man, we've been with you before you were paralyzed. We've been with you while you're paralyzed and we are gonna stay with you until you get up again. We're not going to leave you because you can't move right now. Oh, that God would give us friends that are not fair weather friends, but will stay with us when we are struggling and when we are stuck and won't judge us and tell us that we're not worthy of the gift of God or the grace of God or the blood of Jesus. But if by chance you find me stuck, don't throw me away because nobody throws away their wounded like the church. And I'm so tired of it. How dare we throw away people on the front lines because they're human. We are human and we are called to extend the grace to others that we hope we never need ourselves. We fight for one another knowing that our enemy is looking for any way to take us out. If you see me stuck, don't leave me on the front lines by myself. Come get me, shield me, cover me, protect me. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. (laughs) Billy was stuck, Pastor. He was stuck. But he had some friends. Let's just name them Sam, Dwayne, Canaan, and Oz. Oz is my brother in Christ. He and his wife walk with my wife and i in ministry and oz he and his family are from mexico hey, hey, hey. all right so sam dwayne kanan and oz were hanging with billy billy couldn't move Ow. And you know when you're stuck you start having pity parties you need some friends that'll snap you out of. Man, y'all go ahead, just leave me, man. Man, be quiet. Told you wasn't going nowhere. It's all hot out here. Got us out here in these Middle Eastern streets, sweaty, and you stank. But I love you. Down there stanking, just down there. <laughs> stanking self. Well, y'all, man, what we gonna do? We can't just sit here. Maybe Dwayne was like, hey, what about that one dude we used to go to school with? Oz was like, you talking about, uh, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. Say it like you mean it. Jesus. Yeah, that's his name. Jesus. You remember Jesus. He was weird, even when we was little. We used to go swimming in the Sea of Galilee. He'd just be walking on top of the water. (laughs) (laughs) Sam and Cain was like, yeah, I remember that, dude. I used to cheat off of his papers in school. He got all the answers right. <laughs> hey, I heard, you remember, you remember uh, Antonio with the withered hand? Yeah. I heard he made him stretch it out <laughs> and walk it out. One of the other homeboys would say, yeah. I remember, you remember little Stevie? Stevie from school used to play the piano, but he was blind. Remember Stevie? (laughs) Isn't she lovely? Isn't she wonderful? Lied to one in that she lovely made from love. You remember Stevie? Yeah, he couldn't see. You know Jesus opened his eyes. Man. Well, I figure if he's doing things like that. Maybe we can try to get Billy to Jesus because all of our good intentions aren't helping him get free. All of our homemade remedies still have him stuck. So everybody grab a corner and let's pick him up and let's see if we can't get him to Jesus. When I can't move, I hope I got some friends. Through the heat of the day, through the heat of the whispers of a society that waits for us to fail, will cover me and say, don't worry about what we're doing. We're getting our friend to Jesus. And I can imagine as they got closer to the house, the Bible says you couldn't even get in, not even near the door. The windows, the doors, nothing. And they're holding their friend. I can imagine somebody standing in front of them. Some big old dude just excuse me sir. Uh, could you move? I'd like to try to get my, my friend. He paralyzed. We need to get him to Jesus man. I know. It just I can't see you. And then the man just turned around like mm. <laughs> No you stay in line. You need a miracle. You need Jesus for all of that. Don't turn around fast. That scared me. Just <laughs> do real fast. near the door, but they got that one friend out of the four of them that's crazy enough to believe. When you're stuck, you need one crazy person in your crew. Anybody here, is that, are you the crazy one or you know the crazy one? 'Cause there's always the practical one guys let's just make a plan let's just focus let's just figure this out let's just hold on guys let's sit down let's strategize let's fi- let's sit down let's pray some more i don't want to pray no more you don't pray too much it's hot out here he's stuck he's stank jesus in the house we can't get to the door we can't get to the window but i see a root I see a roof from the window. (laughs) I see a roof. Let's climb up the back. Let's see if we can tear that roof off. Are there any people in here that have a roof tearing faith? You don't even know if it's gonna work. But to have roof tearing faith, you have to be willing to get your hands dirty. Don't give me no safe Christians when I'm in trouble. I need some people that'll dig in the dirt, pull up tile, move people out the way. Move devil, get out the way. Get out the way, get out the way. Move devil, get out the way. Get out the way, get out the way. Move devil, get way. Ten second praise break right there. Let's get our friend on the roof. So they go around. This is the most important. Watch this. Let's get him to the roof without dropping him. You're laughing, but I want you to think about it. How many people were invited to church and then the church dropped them? Because they were judgmental before they were gracious. They told them they were going to hell before they even knew what heaven was. Reminded them of all the things they had done wrong instead of celebrating the one thing they did right, which was come in the building. Oh, that we would celebrate the small steps, the little things. Some people don't know Jesus. They don't know these songs. Can we have enough grace for the process? Is the worship team about to come up here? They better stay over there on the side because I ain't done. I'm preaching like a fat man who wants some ribs. (laughs) Don't nobody come out. Don't nobody, I mean, stay over there. (laughs) I know that's right. I love you. She said, take your time. Somebody in her family black. He's still on the map. <laughs> Stop laughing. You ain't even supposed to hear all of this. This is 2,000 years later. Anyway. All of a sudden, picture Jesus with his Jesus hair sitting in the house. I want to share with you a parable of the lost sheep. And there was sheep, 99, but one of them ran away. 99 problems, but a sheep isn't one. If you have lost sheep, I feel bad for you, son. It was a sheep. Hey, girl. <laughs> Don't do it, girl. While Jesus is preaching, Somebody's on the roof, all of a sudden they feel bloop, some dirt falls on his hair. What meaneth this? What is, how is (laughs) happeneth? If he had a cell phone, he would have been texting, he would have been texting the disciples about, O-M-E. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. <laughs> Stay safe in here right now. The next thing you know as he's speaking, as I was saying, there was a lamb. Some more dirt dropped. Bloop. All of a sudden, sunlight breaks through because the crazy one who loved their friend enough to not wait on a door or a window went through the roof. And he breaks through and he's like, hey, what's up Jesus? (laughs) 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 This is our boy Billy. He been stuck a long time. We just gonna put him at your feet. I ain't even gonna say nothing cause I know you'll know what to do. It's good to see you, man. Hey, tell your mom we said hi. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith. Now you caught it. Did anybody else catch it? You need a they. When you lost faith, they got enough faith for you. You need a they that will believe God when you can't believe for yourself. You need a they. They are crazy enough to believe the impossible when you're stuck. Hey, somebody give him a they praise. Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, your sins are forgiven. Which means Jesus didn't deal with his paralysis or did he? Because you know sin will have you stuck. Jesus wanted to help everybody know that I'm not dealing with the paralysis because the paralysis ain't the problem. Sin is the problem. His paralysis was a result of his sin, so Jesus dealt with the root before he dealt with the fruit. I'm preaching better than you shout. Then the Pharisees were like, who do you think you are? Who can forgive sins but God alone? (laughs) I like that. That's a new voice. I just made it up. Who do you think you are? Who can forgive sins but God alone? (laughs) Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? Jesus said, (laughs) what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise, take up your bed and walk? What Jesus was saying is both of them are impossible. I just want you to know I can do both. I don't know who this is for, but he can do both he can do this and that. He can do this and that. He's not just gonna do this, he'll do that. And he'll do this and that when you got the right day. Tell somebody this and that. High five, four people, tell him I'll be your they. I'll be your they. Come on out with that premium keyboard finger. said Jesus said rise take up your bed go to your house immediately not next week not a month later that moment muscles that had been atrophied by time and a lack of faith suddenly were quickened By the word of Jesus Christ. The Bible says immediately he got up. But he didn't just run off. He had his bed in his hand. Ooh. Why would you carry that? It's got old skin on it. Sweat. Hot. Stank. Jesus, why do you want him to carry that? Because I want everybody to know. That when you get a word from me. You'll be able to carry the thing that was carrying you I dare you to just clap and when you finish clapping just supernaturally hold something up like you you walking with it devil you ain't gonna hold me I got you now the thing that had me I have it now I might have been stuck but I'm not stuck no more I'm not stuck no more I'm delivered. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The Bible says he took up his bed. And this is important for the church when you get free. Don't act like you've been free your whole life. That doesn't give broken people hope. Carry your bed. Share your testimony. Show him what Jesus saved you from. Show him where he brought you from. Show him what he healed you from. Show him that he still delivers and sets free. Show him that he's saved. Show him that the blood still works. Show him that Jesus is not just a man in the Bible, but he's alive today. The Bible never gives his friends a name. Just they. May the Lord bless me with friends who are willing to be anonymous while I get my miracle. If you, if I never get nothing, I just want to see my friend get free. If he never knows my name, I just want to see my friend get unstuck. The friends didn't put post it notes on the man so Jesus could pick him up, like, hey, by the way, I need a new camel. Instead of a car. Never mind. Okay. They just fought for their friend. But I know enough about the character of Jesus to know that when he looked up and saw those men, he was going to bless them too. Because that's what the church is about. We fight for the one, trusting that the Lord will take care of us. So my prayer is that we become they for broken souls and broken hearts and paralyzed people, and that we will gently, lovingly carry them to Jesus without injuring them further. This is my prayer. And if by chance you see me on the road and I'm stuck, don't beat me up. Somebody, get me to Jesus. Jesus, I pray for these great people that as we prepare for conference, we go in with an expectation like we've never had in the history of this conference that we call our friends and family and say, this is the one you want to be at," because God is going to meet us in a very real, beautiful, strange, and wonderful way. For the nations have gathered to look up to Jesus. And we're going to the right arena. Because all I need is a spark. And I'll take it from there. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Somebody give him a great praise.